0: we talked about the idea of being transformed you know we had talked about the butterfly and the process of transformation—it uh, happens instantly in our spirit, man. When we say that we want to follow Jesus Christ, and by faith we believe that He He was God, that He died, and that He was He rose again from the dead. And, and by confessing that with your mouth, something changes on the inside instantly. Your spirit is 100% saved, 100% clean. Never can become you know dirty again. Uh, it's not it's not um, affected by sin and any of that stuff because it's been it's one spirit with with uh, um, with him. The trouble is we got a soul and we got a body and that's not finished yet. And so um, Paul had written to the the Romans and said, Hey, uh, in Romans chapter 12, he said, And so dear brothers and sisters, I I plead with you. um, Based on 11 chapters of, of all that salvation is all about, he says to give your bodies to God, and that's not just your physical body, but all of you. Give your, the, your wholeness, all of you, to him um, for all that he's done for you. And let them be a living and holy sacrifice, the kind that he'll find acceptable. This is truly the way to worship him. And then it says, don't copy the behavior. And that's kind of where we focused last week, this idea of don't copy the behavior and customs of the world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. And we focused on that. tonight. I just want you to focus on this thought here, because then you will learn to know God's will for you. Which is good, pleasing, and perfect. See, last week we talked about the transformation process. And we talked a bit about the monarch butterfly. And we talked about there's a part of the transformation process that you have no ability to do on your own at all. And that's the actual transformation. That's that change where, where God transforms you from who you were to something new. If we could do it on our own, we didn't need him. We didn't need Jesus to die, but we can't do it on our own. But there's, and, and, and so if you, you know, if you try to become a better person... You're in the wrong lane and you're just going to, it's going to crash and burn every single time. We have no ability in none of ourselves to do that. But there is a part of the transformation process that we are to do, that, that we have play a part in. And it's an actual, it's, um, like it's, it's, it's kind of measured, like the amount that we put into that reflects in, in how the transformation process happens in our lives. Anybody remember what that was? It was just in the verse we talked about. We're transformed by what? By the renewing of our minds. There's a part where we talked about the idea of renewing our minds, getting our minds to think differently. And we said spending time in God's Word, putting truth in there, changes the way you think, and your life becomes transformed. Um, relationships can be transformed. Everything, healing, all a lot of those things are Processes that we said take time. So the thing last week we talked about that. If you didn't, if uh, we're not going to go over all of it tonight. So if you have, uh, if you're missing some of those thoughts, uh, check it out online. Um, We put the Sunday version up because Saturdays I said some things I just regret. So uh, the 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 Sunday one is up there. But this idea, this idea of what we highlighted here, then you will know God's will for your life. um, That's a big question that a lot of Christians have. What's God's will for me? You know, I've decided to follow Jesus now what? You know I I don't really know like what does God want me to do? You know what's what's his plan, you know? And we sometimes people are like, you know, I'm struggling with this sickness and I just God's will be done, you know, if I live or if I die, God's will be done in my life, uh, and, and different, different thoughts uh, about this idea, but just not really sure what it is, and, and this verse where, where Paul's talking to the Romans, he's saying, listen, by renewing your mind, by being transformed, you're gonna know, you'll learn to know, it means you don't know it yet, but you can, you'll know the will of God for your life, and it's good. His will is good, his will is pleasing, his will is perfect which means complete. And so Jesus had said to his early followers cuz they asked the same question. Jesus, what do we do? And he says, "Well, just come follow me. Come watch how I live. Come just just spend time watching and seeing how I do things and then do them." And then when he was ready to leave, he says, "Okay, so you're my disciples, you're my followers. Now I'm going somewhere, and I've taught you how to follow, I want you to go and do the same thing. Go make disciples, teach them everything I taught you, and just know that I'm going to be with you from now till eternity. And he said that to them as the very last things that he said to them in Matthew 28. So when we look at Jesus' first followers they actually followed him. You know, we talk about the idea of being a follower of Jesus, but for them, they literally followed him wherever he went. Uh, and so they watched how he lived, and that's kind of how it worked back then, if there was a teacher. So if I was like a rabbi back then, you'd all be here tonight, and be like, okay, so uh, teach us some stuff. And I would teach you some stuff, and then I'd be like, okay, so now we're done teaching, and I'm going to go home, and you guys would all kind of follow me, and you'd hang out at my house, and you'd see, okay, this is how he treats his wife, and this is how he sleeps, and how many hours, and, you know, this is how he treats his kids. You're like, okay, all right. So he said this stuff, but now we watched him do this. And then I'd get up in the morning, and I'd go to, you know, Divines for breakfast, and all of you would come along. And you'd all, you know, you'd say, oh, he has eggs over easy. Okay, we'll do eggs over easy, because that must be what we're supposed to do. It's this idea of following and learning, right? And we'd be like, man, if we could do that, if Jesus was right here, and all we had to do was like, okay, I just watch what you do, and I'm gonna do that it would be a whole lot easier, wouldn't you think? Just would seem like being a follower of Jesus would be easier if we could actually follow. But the, the, his followers listened to him teach. They did what he told them to do. He'd say, "Hey, okay, Peter and John, go into that town right over there. Walk, you know, a few houses down. You're going to see a donkey tied up." take that donkey. And if someone asks you, why are you stealing the donkey? Just say, the Lord needs it, and they'll let you take it. And they're like, okay. They walk into town. They take the donkey. Somebody asks them, why are you stealing the donkey? The Lord needs it. And they let them go. And it's like, wow, you know, I just did what Jesus said, just what he told me to do, and it worked. So it said to Peter one day, go fishing, catch a fish, open his mouth, you're going to find money. And you're like, yeah, whatever but it's Jesus. I'm going to go try it. Goes, casts a line. They don't use lines. They use nets, but he's like, I'll try a line, and catches a fish, opens the mouth. What's in it? Money. Why? Because it just what whatever Jesus said happened. Why? Because they simply followed, and they simply did whatever Jesus had, but I want you to recognize something tonight, and and this is some of the things and I'm, um, that, that I just, uh, you know, I feel for for followers of Jesus at every level of the game. This is something that we we often come across and struggle with is we we get caught up in the idea of the doing. Jesus, what am I supposed to do? I just want you to know that the first followers of Jesus, everything they did was out of relationship with Jesus. The idea of what they did was because they were being with Jesus. They weren't just doing stuff. They were being in relationship with him. And because they were walking around with Jesus, they were there when he said, oh, we need to pay our taxes. Okay, Peter, go catch a fish. Because they were with Jesus. The aspect of sometimes in our lives, like God, I just want to know what you want me to do. And he's like, I, first and foremost, I just want you to be. I really just want you to be with me. That's why I sacrificed my son. That's why I wiped out your sin problem. So you could be with me. He says the best thing, the, the biggest part of this whole idea of following Jesus is simply that we can be with him. So Jesus said this to these guys, he's walking with them, and then, and then Jesus died, and they're like, oh no, what do we do now? Then he rose from the dead, and they're like, okay, we'll follow him again, and they kept following him, and then he goes to heaven, and they can't follow him anymore. So he leaves his followers with no one to follow, and I'm like, wait a second, the first disciples, you know, the ones who follow Jesus around, it was like, we wish we could be like them. Well, they were in the exact same spot that we are. The one that they could follow was no longer there, and it's like, how do we follow now that we can't? see him. And he said to them, I'm going to do something for you. I'm going to send you a helper. I'm going to send you Holy Spirit. In Acts chapter 1 verse 80, he had said to them, he reminded them, don't leave Jerusalem until you receive power from the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit is the same person that each and every one of us needs. So as we, you know, as I was thinking about this idea of what do I do and how do I know the will of God for my life, Holy Spirit is the, is the one who reveals it to us. And for some you, you hear the words Holy Spirit, and you're like, ah, I've heard some stuff about Holy Spirit. and I, I don't know. I don't know what I think about all that. Let's just talk a, a little bit about that tonight. Who is Holy Spirit? Holy Spirit is God's presence in our lives today. He's a real person. He's not, he's not a name of a, like a spirit, like a weird ghost or something. He's a person, and he's the, he's the helper in our lives, and he's working on us from the inside. The, the followers of Jesus, Jesus was always outside. He was always telling them from the outside. And he's saying, listen, when I leave, you're going to have to learn to listen to a new voice. And it's going to come from in here. He says the same thing to every one of us. As a follower of Jesus, say, yeah, I'm a Christian follower of Jesus. you got to learn to listen to the voice from in here. Well, what does that voice sound like? That voice, it sounds, it's going to sound like God because he's the connection. The Holy Spirit is God and is our connection um, with the Father. And it's through this, this voice on the inside, the, the Holy Spirit prompting on the inside that our lives are lived out. For so many Christians, you hear them talk about this emptiness on the inside still. They're still looking for stuff. It's like, you, you know, Jesus has, has uh, forgiven you, given you new life, given you hope. And it's like, ah, but there's this like emptiness. It's actually what leads to that question. I got to do something. I just, I I gotta, there's something missing. And if I do something, maybe I'm gonna fill it. And he's saying, listen, I just, first of all, I want you to be, but this emptiness, this emptiness, I wanna fill that. And there's glimpses for, for some followers of Jesus glimpses of joy, glimpses of purpose, glimpses of fulfillment, glimpses of this idea of, you know, the life. But in general, there's this emptiness. And that emptiness is what God just desires to fill with his Holy Spirit. When he says, I want you to be filled with my spirit. It again comes back to this idea of he's all about relationship with us. I just want you to be so full of me that you just realize where, everywhere you are, I'm with you. That together we're going through life and there's going to be opportunities because we're together that I'm going to be able to prompt you to do things. But I'm not all about the doing, I'm all about the being. And so from being together, there's going to be these opportunities to do stuff. And you see that in the things that God designs. He designed something called marriage. Um, And marriage, I mean, we all know, any of us who are married know that marriage has really very little to do with the marriage license that we signed that day uh, at the church. You know, you were there and you signed it, and now it's official. You know, I am officially married to that wonderful woman over there. But I don't live my whole life going, yeah, there was that one day that I decided to live the rest of my life for Beth, with Beth, Uh, you know, the... (laughs) That that one day, that's when I decided that's what it's going to be, me and her to the end. Uh, There's been 12 and a half years of way more than, or 12 years, something like that, way more of life, way more of getting to know one another. Uh, And even sitting down the other day, we realized there's things we don't know about each other, and we're not going to know about them until things happen. We don't know how each other grieve. We don't know how you go through that process. And we're like, man, in all that I've gotten to know, there's still parts that I don't know. There's still things that we're, we're growing in. And um, this idea of marriage is about continuously building a relationship with someone. Somebody's like, yeah, you know, wine and dine and date, oh, I mean, not wine, um, pop and dated, you know, we got, we, we, we ate, whatever. We got to that spot and, you know, now we're official. And, you know, you got married and then it's like you stop dating your spouse. Like, oh, it's just, you know, coast from here to 18 years or whatever, whatever it is. But it's it's this idea of, of continuously building this relationship. Guess what? Jesus said the, the relationship between me and you, the Father, and, and humanity, is this idea of marriage is a picture of that. He says, I want you to realize that that's what I want. I want our lives to look like. Two of us getting to know each other more and more. And I already know everything about you, but I want you to get to know me. And so it's not just about the day you decide to follow Him. It's about developing. It's about this idea of continually growing in your relationship with Him. And that's why the, uh, the Bible talks about be continually filled with Holy Spirit. And, and this idea of living life um, as a follower of Jesus, there's moments in our lives, I don't know if you've been on a mission trip before, but there's something about going overseas that like hyper speeds this process for two weeks. You fly to another country, something in that metal tube is just miraculous cuz by the time you land there, you are a different person. You got on as like, "Oh, I'm just like a nobody in Canada." You get off and you're like, "I'm a white superstar, right? Everybody worship me, right?" And it's like you're like King Julian like people are like, "Oh, you're so happy to see you," and smiling and and you're like, "Oh god, I just want to make a difference here. You know, I just want to do something and and then you as you're praying in the morning, you're like, "Oh, I feel like we're supposed to go out and and um, you know, help give give clothes to these people. Or there's this family we saw on the way here. Can we go to their house and, and give them a picnic table or something? Because you just felt like that's what God wanted you to do. And you're like, yeah, I'll do that. You know, and as you're going through, you're, there's, this, there's this thing of, I'm, God, I'm here to listen to your voice. Whatever you tell me to do in Guatemala, I'm going to do it. And you do it. It's amazing. Philippines, wherever. It's like those moments you come back with those stories. And why? Because you decided just for two weeks to live your life on purpose, listening to his voice and obeying it, just being in that, that realm of God. I just want to hear you. I'm here because I'm just with you. I can't work because I'm not in Canada. It's just me and you. What are we going to do? What if we did that with our lives? What if we did that with today? What if we did that with tomorrow? This idea of waking up, okay, Jesus, you and, it's you and me. What are we going to do today? And when, you, when I feel you prompting, I'm going to do it. You'd pray with people, and it felt great. So my challenge tonight is, what if we just decided that we were going to try that? Just do that in our lives here. Open to hear God's voice from the inside, and then to obey it. Just being open to it. So out of that relationship of being with Holy Spirit, because for some you think, you know, that's just what it is. And we say we can stop there and say, listen, don't, you don't need to do anything. You just, you're a human being, not a human doing. You know, just as a follower of Jesus, all he wants is relationship with you, and, and that's all there is. We're missing the other side. For most Christians, are too too too, um, too focused on what they have to do, and and they need to hear this idea of ah, I just got to be. But for some, there's just this idea of sometimes you need a little bit of a kick in the butt because there is no doing in your Christian life. You you there just it doesn't exist. There's this spots where you're like I go to church and that's kind of the doing part, but. It's, he, his desire for you is so much greater that you could be a light that shines and be an, uh, have an impact in the world. And so out of relationship with Holy Spirit, there's going to be doings. And for some, that's that idea of knowing the will of God for your life, knowing what those are. A few years ago, we talked about this idea called the 10-second rule. And Daryl talked to me about it last Sunday. He's like, you know that 10-second rule? He's like, I, and the 10-second rule is just if you feel that something on the inside might be God prompting you to do to do something about it within 10 seconds. Because if you wait, you probably won't do it. And so he was taking Owen. I, I don't know if he, yeah, you guys weren't there. It was Sunday. He, so he shared the story of how he took Owen all the way out west or east, and there was uh, this TV show that he watches, and there's this person on the TV show that he really wanted to see, and the show is from that town, and they went to the spot where they tape it, and that girl's not there, and he's like, oh, I just really wanted her to be there, and Daryl's like, well, let's just, you know, wait a little while, and they wait a little while, no girl, so they go to this other, uh, other spot, and they kind of give up on it, and then he, all of a sudden, in his head, Daryl gets this thought, why don't we pray about it? And, and Owen's like, all of a sudden says, you know, we should pray. We should just pray that she arrives. And he's like, all right, you know, like, let's pray. So he's praying for Owen and just feeling like, he tells me, he's like, I'm just praying, God, please don't let him down. <laughs> you know? and, but Owen is just praying, God, let her show up. And, you know, I just really want to meet her. So that would be really cool. Amen. And no thought. And Daryl's like, oh, now he's praying even more because now Owen's like, let's go back. So they go back not seconds after they arrive back there, who walks out of the door? This girl. And Owen walks right up to her. like, I knew you were going to be here. I was praying for you. And Daryl's like, tears running down his face. Like, thank you. Why? Because somebody just just had that unction of like, Holy Spirit put that, you know, that voice at that prompting saying, hey, why don't we pray about it and let's go back. And to see some of those things happen, I just love it. Uh, And it can happen uh, in our lives. And and so tonight, I just, I, I just want to share three quick thoughts about how Holy Spirit guides and prompts our lives. Because a lot of times, when, when, you're, when you meet somebody for the first time, and you kind of you hear their voice, you, be, you, you recognize it because you can see them. Uh, but then they call you up on the phone. You ever have that? Please don't do that to me. I just hate it. When you call me and like, hey, Mark, so this is what's going on and blah, blah, blah And I'm like, or you say, hey, how are you doing? I'm like, I'm good. And how are you doing? And you don't give me any details about who you are. It just drives me nuts, right? But but there's, there's that thought of it takes some time finally like, ah, oh, yeah. And so how's work? You go know, going like, I'm unemployed. Oh, I know who you are now, right? <laughs> uh, there's, there's these things that, that give it away. But but the same thing with hearing the voice of God, for a lot of times with Christians and followers of Jesus, we just don't know. We don't know him well enough to know what he's going to sound like. And so we're not sure what it is. And so we kind of whiffle and waffle about doing anything. Holy Spirit, I just want to tell you a few things, that, a, a few ways of saying, here's how you can recognize his voice clear and, and know when to act and when to do something and build a relationship with him. So, a couple thoughts here. Number one, Holy Spirit will remind you of his word. In John chapter 14, Jesus told those disciples before they ever even knew there was Holy Spirit in them. He says, the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father is going to send in my name, he's going to teach you all things for one. And he's going to bring to your remembrance all things that I've said to you. And he had said to the disciples, hey, tell what what I told you. Tell other people. uh, Bring this teaching. That's why it's so important for us to study the word. We are, we got Bible studies um, sprouting up everywhere. They're going to be on Hopefully every single night or day for men or women with kids. We got a farmer Bible study starting because they need to work in certain hours. You know, there should be no excuse for us to, to, have, um, to, to not be studying the word. Because it's our job to put the word into our heart. He's not going to do that for us and I can't do that for you. He said that's our job. His job is going to bring it to, back to your mind when you need it. It's crazy how often I'll be sitting with people and we'll be talking and all of a sudden the scripture verse will just come right up and be like, hey, you know, I was just thinking about this and stuff I haven't thought about for ages, but I put it there a long time ago and then it comes back and it's it's that spot, Jesus, when he was in the desert and the enemy was tempting him, what came back? Verses from Deuteronomy. Some point he was studying Deuteronomy and it was like, here come these verses, you know, man doesn't live by bread alone and he had exactly what he needed when he needed it. Some of us get into the spot where we're in trouble and we got nothing. Because the process is, start putting the Word into your heart. Be intentional about that. So number two, Holy Spirit will often prick your mind, your conscience, and your heart. He'll prick your mind, your conscience, and your heart. This week, um, I don't know if you're going to notice, there's a lot of yellow jackets around right now. I don't know why it's all insects this uh, this month, but these are insect messages. The yellow jacket, uh, I was in the kitchen the other day doing dishes, because that's what I do pretty much every- every day, mostly, uh, is is I I do dishes, and and I saw this yellow jacket flying around the kitchen, and I looked at it, and I was like, I should kill that, or at least get it out out of the the house, and I thought, "Ah, I'll do it later, after dishes, so I'm doing some dishes, I went and got some other ones, brought them in, and I'm I'm washing the dishes, and all of a sudden, the one of them was underneath the lid, in the water, and it got me in the finger, and I was like, oh, and I, I blacked out for what I said after that, I don't remember, but... I was like, oh, and and Beth came over. She's like, I don't even want to know. And I'm like, I got stung, right? And, and it was like. Here I'm doing just what I normally would do. And all of a sudden that sting, that that sting, the prick in my finger is what we're going to call this part. The prick in my finger all of a sudden prompted me to action that I hadn't already done before. And I started realizing, I'm like, darn, I, you know what? I should have killed this yellow jacket before he got me. And I was realizing, I thought that and I didn't do it, but now I'm going to do it. And I went around the house and I just I found four others and they all his friends died. Right? Because I was so... I was so motivated to action just simply by being pricked in the finger. Like, that's what does that have to do with anything? That was not Holy Spirit talking to me, just so we're clear. That was the bee stung me, and I was motivated to action. I'd say that to say this, because Holy Spirit will do the same type of, the same type of thing, these little, these little um, a prick or prod or a sting in, inside of us. And it's not a negative thing, but it motivates us, and is designed to motivate us to action. For instance, Holy Spirit will warn you of things you shouldn't do. He's going to warn you in Acts chapter 16, Holy Spirit, he, um, Paul was wanting to go to Asia, and all of a sudden he, he says, you know, we tried to go to Asia a couple times. We tried to go this way, and then we tried to go this way, and Holy Spirit just wouldn't permit us to go. He kept warning us, don't go, don't go. And we're like, we don't, you said, go into all the world, and now you're like, don't go. He said, what's the deal? And all of a sudden, he has a dream, and he says, oh, I know where I'm supposed to go. It was this way. And he's like, had I gone that way, it would have been the wrong spot. But Holy Spirit was just warning him, hey, don't, don't go there. And in recognizing Holy Spirit's voice, for most of you, it's not going to be like, hey, don't go to Asia Minor. Go to Macedonia. That's probably not what it's going to sound like for you. It's going to sound something like this, that Holy Spirit's going to prick your conscience before you fall into sin. He's gonna prick your conscience before you before you end up doing something that that you're gonna regret. And why do I say that? Because so many Christians think it's the other way around. They think God starts talking after they sin. Because that's when they feel super guilty. And that's when they feel like, oh man, I need to go to church, but I don't want to. Because what if somebody saw? What if they can tell? What if they can it's like this idea of like, I, you know, the guilt and the shame. And you're like, okay, if I feel really bad, God like really bad, then I know you're going to forgive me. If I promise, I'm never going to do it again. God, I promise, I promise, I promise I'm not going to do it again. We think that's God speaking to us. Some churches, that's how they make their living. They come, you go to the church, they beat you up for how bad and dirty and rotten of a sinner you are. And people are like, oh, I feel terrible. What a great service. And they go home, can't wait for next week. He doesn't talk like that, though. And so some of the greatest lies are the ones that are so close to the truth. But Holy Spirit, his voice in your life, I'm going to tell you, when it comes to sin is this. He's going to prick your conscience before you sin. He's going to be there saying, listen, you really don't want to do that. And you know it. You know it because we choose to go the other way. We know it's that little prick that says, oh, yeah, that's, that. that's like that little that prick in my conscience that says, you know what? I don't want to do this. That's his voice. Okay, I'm going to follow that. And then afterwards, if you mess up, I'll tell you what his voice sounds like. He says, listen, you're righteous. You're still my child. You're righteous because of what Jesus did for you, not because of what you did. You're not a a sinner based on your behavior. Your spirit, I've saved that. You are my child. Come back to me. Don't spend all kinds of time guilting yourself and shaming yourself because I'm not doing that. I'm reminding of you that you're righteous. That's Holy Spirit's voice in your life. Hopefully that helps somebody tonight. Um, How's Holy Spirit pricking your conscience? How is Holy Spirit pricking your conscience lately? If you think about it, like, oh, yeah, every time I want to do that, I feel that. uh." Tim, recognize his voice. Holy Spirit will prompt you to do things in your everyday life. He'll prompt you to do things in your everyday life. He's kind of like GPS. This idea sometimes that people think they're going to miss God's will for their life so they don't do anything. Like, I'm just going to wait here, because what if I miss his will? I'm just going to wait for him to talk to me. But his desire is that we're going to get to a certain destination, and he's coming along for the journey. So as you're walking, like, I'm going to the foyer. You know, I'm going to the cafe, and all of a sudden as you're walking, you're like, get off. Oh, look at this shiny stuff. He's like, hey, hey, whoa, to make a left turn. You're like, oh, yeah, left turn. Well, I can't. And he's like, you know, I'm just, oh, look at that. You know, you, you go over here, and like, wait, well, you know, I'll date that person. And like, all of a sudden, he's like, ah, oh, you know what, I, I, I'm going to get you to the cafe. But now, it's not going to look the same, but here, take this spot. Here's the things I want to lead you in. So go past this woman, right, and just right, move right, I keep going all the way. And, and he's going to lead you back. I missed something in the road here, but I didn't miss the end destination. And Holy Spirit's going to prompt you just like that. He's going to keep walking with you. Sometimes you're like, oh, I must have missed it. It's not that easy to miss it. Holy Spirit's going to keep doing that. And for most, it's not going to be an audible voice. It's not going to be this thing like, you know, like the, uh, whatever. We always say it's like the Kmart Mall or Walmart, like tension shoppers, right? That voice from above, you're like, okay, I know what it is. It's, it's not that. It's this little sting. It's this little impression. It's this little thing on the inside. Um, in Acts chapter 15, they were writing this thing, and they said, well, here's what we think the church, for the rest of time, should, should do. They should, you know, not eat um, things that are strangled, not eat blood, uh, and abstain from sexual immorality. It, it seems good to Holy Spirit, and it seems good to us, so this is what everybody from now till eternity does. And it was just, they made that decision based on, a, like, it seemed good to Holy Spirit, and it seemed good to us. It was this idea of just that little prick on the inside. It's like, yeah, this is what it seems like. And I felt... You know these things happen in our everyday life all the time. You don't realize it. The other day I was um, here, and I noticed something about here that I was like, I gotta text that person and let them know that I that I, I just I noticed what they did around this um, at the church. They had, they had done something here. I was like, okay, you know what? They they did a good job. I'm just gonna text them and let them know. And I get back this text saying, you know what? Man, did I ever need that? It was like I feel like I feel like I wasn't doing very well. And it's like God must have. God must let you know when I need a boost is the verbatim text. God must let you know. I was like, that was God. I just thought it was a text, right? Why? It's that little prompt. It's that little thing that He's actually going to speak through to someone else. It's that little, just that little um, prick in your mind. Sometimes it's your conscience, and sometimes it's just it's a it's a prick in your thoughts. It's not evil. It's not bad. It's just this thing. So, what are the things that are pricking your mind lately? Maybe it's to call somebody. Maybe it's to join a Bible study. Maybe it's this thing of giving money to someone. What is it? There might be those simple things. You're just like, ah, yeah. Ah, man, that might be God. Or that's like, man, I don't know why I'm thinking that. It's probably not you. And the last one is this. Holy Spirit will prompt you not just of things to do in your everyday life. He's going to prompt you of things to do with your life. Different things. Not little things like, hey, send a text Well done, good and faithful servant. You can come to heaven now, right? It's this idea of of doing something with your life. And and things that grab you that are more than just a thought. Um, We have things sometimes that grab us that you just can't stop thinking about. What are the things that prick your heart? What are the things that you see and you're like, Man, we have to do something about that. The world has to make this stop or the world has to change that. For some of you, you saw on the news a little boy laying on a beach. little refugee boy that just caught the world. uh, The world's attention that said, we have to do something to stop this. We've got to do something to change this. We've got to do something to to save these lives. For some, it's different. For some, it's abortion. You, You know, you hear about babies being killed and women being hurt. And it just gets you to the core. And you're like, everyone needs to get on board and make this stop or do something about it. Maybe for you, it's human trafficking of children. And you're like, oh, I can't even hear it. It just gets me here. We've got to do something. The world has to do something to stop this. Maybe it's helping orphans and widows, and you feel like they, we've got to do something to help. Maybe it's sharing your faith with your family. You feel like, oh, they've got to know. How come, how come the pastor hasn't told them yet? How come somebody hasn't done something yet? And these things that grab us from like the, the world. Somebody, somewhere has got to do something. I just want to challenge you with this. Sometimes when we see the big things in life and we feel that prick in our heart of Holy Spirit, thinking that somebody needs to do something about this, I want to challenge you to respond or maybe think about the thought that maybe he means you. When you think everybody needs to get on this cause, maybe he means you. And you often think, man, that's big that stuff's too big for me. I'm just one person. What am I going to do? It's way too big for me. And his answer to you is, yes, it's way too big for you, but I'm with you. You want to try and do this on your own? It's going to be miserable, but I'm with you. And he wants to do things, um, and he wants you to do things, not for him, but with him. And he's trusting, he wants you to trust that he's always with you. Jesus said to his disciples at the end, he said, therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, Holy Spirit. Teach those new disciples to obey all the commands that I've given you and be sure of this. Be sure, be confident of this. I am with you always. I'm with you always, even to the end of the age. So what are the things that prick your heart? We talked about those things. What are the things that prick your conscience? What are the things that prick your mind? And what are the things that prick your heart? If you saw it, you saw it for a reason. If it grabs your heart, it's grabbing it for a reason. It's Father's heart in your heart. Andy Stanley says this, Do for one what you wish you could do for everyone. If you can't do it for everyone, don't worry about that. Do for one what you wish you could do for everyone. So my challenge for you tonight is this. Why not start with one step? Why not start with one small step so often, we have these things where we like, we have these impossible goals we set for ourselves. We set our goals like this I'm going to only do what God tells me to do. If I don't hear his voice, I'm not doing anything because I'm totally sold out. I'm going to read the whole Bible. You know, I'm going to, just going to go through it. I'm going to do it this afternoon. <laughs> and then you get a ways in, you know, you're like, I'm going to read through this year, and you're two months behind. Like, oh, I'm done. Keep reading. I'm going to join a Bible study, and you join, and two weeks later, you miss one night. You're like, I give up. Keep going. I'm going to gain 140 pounds of muscle. (laughs) Thing is, if we set these massive goals, we're more than likely not ever even going to try. And for some, you would say, you know, I'm just gonna sit around and wait till I hear His voice. I'm gonna, you know, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, whatever. The, the, we talk about the process of just as I'm, I'm gonna wait on the Lord. It sounds spiritual. I'm just gonna trust that God's will is gonna happen in my life because He knows. It's this idea. He says, listen, put that word in. Keep sowing. Renew your mind. You're gonna, you're gonna f- learn what it is. So why not decide to wake up and ask Holy Spirit to just simply help you follow Jesus today? To take. Some time to learn who Jesus really is. To just say, you know what, Jesus, I want to learn what you, some of the things that you said. So I'm going to know what you sound like. And read through, read through the book of Luke and just read through the, you know, chapters 4 to 24. Just read through. This is what he did. This is what he sounds like. This is when Jesus was walking on the planet. And you'll recognize when he's prompting you with things on the inside. Why not to decide to do something next time you feel that nudge? Why not decide to do something next time you feel that prick? Why? Because Holy Spirit's talking with you. Why not start with one step? Last thought, watch your actions. Watch your actions. Those things that you do, those things that you do because he prompts you. Watch your actions because they become habits. Wouldn't it be awesome if that was our habit? This is what we always did. Hear him, work with him. Hear him, work with him. Watch your habits. They become your character or your lifestyle. Watch your character for it becomes your destiny. The early church, I don't know who said this, but I love it. The early church was, in fact, so radical in its love and lifestyle that within a few centuries, millions of people became followers of Jesus. The kingdom of God spread like wildfire, not because Christians had some grand plan or a carefully thought-out strategy, but because they simply followed Jesus' commands. The people around them found Jesus and this radical love shown by his followers irresistible. What's he pricking in your conscience lately? What's he pricking in your mind lately? What's he pricking in your heart lately? And what are you doing about that? What are you doing about that? What am I doing about that? Let's pray, Father. Let's thank you for your Holy Spirit in, in each and every one of us. Thank you that you can talk to me tonight and share things and say things that is just for me and for others the same thing. So, Holy Spirit, I, I know you're the one working in each and every one of us. And I just pray tonight that you would just direct the steps of each person in this place as, as the things that you desire to do in them. Uh, God, that they would just, when when that prick happens, they just realize that it's you. Pray, you give them the courage and the strength to follow through and to step out in their relationship with you and do something about it. Thank you for that, Jesus. Thank you for ultimately doing everything that we needed for us to be with you. Thank you for your incredible love. May we live out in that and live with you in that. In your name, for your glory, we pray. Amen.